Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation and you take it from there. Today we're going to talk about, since we talked about baptism in our last episode, we're going to talk about Christian maturity and holiness. So there is zero maturity (laughs) on this podcast, but uh, maybe there's some Christian maturity out there. So uh, Everett kind of introduced this idea. So I'm going to turn it over to him and let him talk about it. And then we'll kind of get into the chat a little bit. So enjoy. Uh, Everett, take it away, dude. Well, so, you know, we talked last time about how baptism is the beginning and the start of the, the Christian faith and, and life. And, you know, it, is, is, is that it? You know, is, 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 okay, I'm baptized now. <laughs> now <Go>. I'm done. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've heard Tom use this example of, you know the 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 person who you know signs up for the 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 marathon, and you know gets lined up, and the 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 gun goes off, and you know he crosses the, the starting line and just stops and goes, yes, you know I started a, a marathon, and it's like, you know, it, you know, baptism isn't the end; it's the beginning, mm. right? And so. I, you know, I, I, I think sometimes we need some help in figuring out, well, what, what are those next things? Right. So whether you like the word of holiness or sanctification, which comes from sort of our, our Methodist friends, um, you know, holiness comes from our Methodist friends, sanctification is something that, you know, the Catholic tradition has talked about, um, you know what 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 are those next things what is what does the christian faith look like and how do we grow in the knowledge and love of god so that's where i'm just saying we start or there's another option everett yeah there's you said the our methodist friends say holiness is that what you said yeah and holy. our catholic friends say sanctification mm-hmm. and He's our mansplaining or, yeah <laughs> And our Orthodox <laughs> friends say uh, theosis, mm-hmm. like uh, moving into the image of what God wants us to be. Mm. And uh, I know I, I've talked about that on this before, but uh, since we always mention this, um, where I came from, spiritual maturity in the evangelical world was all about uh, knowledge. So my dream as like a young youth minister just out of college and working full time in a church, uh, my hero was this guy at the time was a guy named um, Freddie Anderson. And he worked in a jail ministry that he would travel around and preach. And he would—he was the kind of guy who wouldn't mind going to a smaller congregation to preach, like ours in Blackwell. And he had the Gospel of John memorized. 
Hmm. And uh, (laughs) I asked him, yeah, and I asked him, how did he do that? And he said, well, the only way he can memorize anything is to write it down. So he said he would buy those three big, uh, like, binders of, like, loose-leaf paper. You can, you know, Mm -hmm. and he, he said it. It took him about three binders he, if he would just write the Gospel of John over and over and over. That was what he did for his daily Bible reading. By, by the time he finished the third one, he would have the book memorized. And then he would move on to another one. And so I thought, well, this is what <laughs> spiritual maturity is. I've got to memorize. And he's a great guy. Don't I mean, I love the guy. But I would... Uh, so I started trying to write uh, Matthew. I just thought I'd start with the, you know, first book of the New Testament, and I did not finish it. But <laughs> my, and I did not memorize it. But I memorized it a lot. My point is, I've I've known a lot of people who had a lot memorized. Freddie not being an example of this, but who were not examples of love. Hmm. All the fruits of the spirit that are supposed to be the marks of. And um, and so we make a different argument in our church about how we move closer to God, how we develop that maturity. And it's through um, the spiritual disciplines and keeping the feasts and fasts of the church and through uh, the daily office or some something similar don't you guys think that's a different perspective i think there's a lot of paths um but i but i feel like you know when when i and i thought you might go down this road tom but um sometimes i feel like it's easier to say what things are not um you know and, and um which you know can have a negative connotation to it but that is what it is but what it is not is is that you know um, you punch the card, <laughs> you punch the baptism card, and then just go back your life, um, right? You know what I'm right. You you say this ex- you know right prayer the right way and um, whatever it may be, and then I then you're done, um, and that that's not it right so because i feel like sometimes and that's what i thought um i thought oh i did this and oh i was a <laughs> i was a terrible teenager you know um and but i had no um outside of opening doors for people maybe um i mean i was just you know uh, this that mentality of theosis or you know whatever you want to call it was not even present. Well, hey Justin, let me ask you though. Sure. I, I, you know that language may not have been used, but I, I, I think particularly in our sort of evangelical culture in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. it is in this way: don't drink, you know, don't yes. don't have sex, That's don't right. don't don't you know it's don't, the don'ts. Look, yeah, it's the don'ts. It's it you know and and. Which inspires yeah. you to do it in secret, <laughs> right? Right. But it so so it seems like in our culture, rather than here's the things that we do, 
in in our Oklahoma Oklahoma evangelical culture, it's the things that you don't do. Mm. No, that's good. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That, and that kind of feels like it. It. Um, I feel like that's a stupid statement. It, it alienates. You know, don't do this. Don't do this. You do this, and you're the problem, right? Um, and uh, but I, I feel like that could be used in many places. So um, I think that. Um, so I don't know that this. <laughs> I don't know that this applies here, and I don't remember talking about it. But levels. Uh, you mentioned maturity, and um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I'm playing Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, something like that, with on the uh, Switch with my oldest daughter, and um, I am um, just <laughs> can't do anything. Right? It's like I need my Super Nintendo Mario Kart back. I'll kick her butt. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so, I mean, she's just destroying me. Then then she lets me win one. And that's the worst. Don't do that. <laughs> right? Don't do that. But I am throwing a fit. I'm yelling, screaming, all kinds of things. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I'm notorious for that in games. I'm just competitive. And, and uh, so anyway, but it dawned on me that I, in the world of video games, I have not matured since I was eight years old. And it kind of came to me the idea that we um, think that there's a bar of maturity that just moves up as we age. And I, I'm realizing it's not true. It's more of like a bar graph, kind of like, well, in uh, my Mario Kart <laughs> and playing games is very low and has not moved in <laughs> 35 years. But it's the idea that in some places, some people are going to be much more mature. And mature is not the only word to be used here, but they're going to be progressed or knowledgeable in certain areas and not in others. And I think that we judge ourselves and others thinking, well, that whole bar just moves at once. You're just everything to everyone. So just because I can recite the, the book of John means I can play Mario Kart and not throw a tantrum. Not true. We all move up and down in different areas, and I think the same is goes with our faith. Um, Everett, you shared that post from Nadia uh, Bose Weber yesterday, and that blew me away. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll try and I'll post it, um, but it talked about how the sin of now, uh, sin ish of America is choosing who you're better than, kind of, or, or who something like that. Does that kind of summarize it? Yeah, and and. I've never even thought about that. So, and it's funny, early on in Christianity, I thought there were these pinnacles of like, uh, you know, I'm baptized, boom, I'm good, I'm out. I'm going to go live my life. Then I'd get to a place and I'd learn something. I'd be like, oh, this is it. I'm here. And then I'd get to a place and I'd learn something. It, there's levels and layers of theosis. And I think that, for myself, I'm always trying to get to that place of what perfection, <laughs> you know, it's so stupid, <laughs> but I keep trying to reach this point to where I have arrived and that's not how it works. And, um, and I don't know that everybody knows that. And I'm continually realizing that over and over. So I think the, 
most profitable time of formation I've had in my life. Just using my own life as you know, only drawing from what I know and by experience, but was uh, first when I did a chaplaincy in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that's when you're having to mix um, self-awareness with what you know from scripture and what you've experienced as a person of faith with what you've experienced with suffering and then just forcing your body and your mind to walk into the hospital rooms of strangers and sit with them mm-hmm. and try to, you know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's so hard. So, so absolutely hard. <laughs> so it's a mix of everything that we are uh, being put into um, this spiritual act. And I call it a spiritual act because you're with the, you know, love your neighbor, love God, love your neighbor. Um, the second is like it. So what we do for people, uh, especially prayerfully, is is also doing it for God. So, and 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 to me, that's the argument that we're making for how we grow spiritually. And you said, Justin, that it can't just be like checking the name off the box. Mm-hmm. Like I did the daily office today. But I would argue um, there could be a way that you could do that that is just like checking off the box. And sometimes for me that's driving in my car and just listening to the podcast of the Daily Office and then getting distracted and forgetting to engage with it at all, you know, because I'm going somewhere. Right. But even any kind of liturgy that involves your body and your mind is formative. I mean, if I went to a baseball game once a year for my whole life and uh, never sang the national anthem, never participated in the seventh inning stretch or all the traditions of a baseball game, it's still going to get into my psyche what baseball is and how, what it means. and You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. So, I, to me, it's like what the Anglo-Catholic movement said. Um, this the magic pill is um, zeal. Like they, I think somebody said evangelical zeal and and the Catholic disciplines. When you mix those two together, you have this uh, magic bullet of uh, transformation or something. <laughs> um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I grew up hearing all the time, you're saved by works, you're saved by works. You're not saved by works, I mean, you're not saved by works. But I I have found in my life that my salvation is, at least as it regards to formation, sanctification, holiness, theosis, whatever word you want to use, it it has always involved at least some type of work and that could just be using my body to kneel and actually opening my mouth in the morning for the daily office and saying 
Open my lips, O Lord. You know, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. There's a difference between just reading it and actually saying it with my body. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can I can I interject real quick? Yeah, I talk. Because I, I I I agree with you. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I think there's times in which we pray and we don't feel anything, right? Or we're just going through the motion or, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's in, it's in, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta go pray. Um, and I think that's okay. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think that we always do something because it does something amazing to us because that's not, that's generally not what the spiritual disciplines are. It's not <laughs> that they do something immediate to us, right? But mm. that they they work on us, you know, over time. Mm. And and I think that's sort of the 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 power of of the disciplines is that even even if it even if I get nothing out of it, um, you know. Sometimes in recognizing that I didn't get anything out of it is a recognition of that something was missing. Yeah. But I also I also think I mean and, and I'm I'm pro daily office, I'm pro spiritual disciplines. I you know, I, I think all of that is part of our tradition and is really important. Um I, you know, but 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 there's a, a there's enough of a of sort of a reformed part of me, which is that that there's nothing that I can do to add to or to subtract from, you know, God's love. Mm. Ding 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 yeah. ding ding. <laughs> right, and so it's 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 not it's you know it's not that it's not that um, y- you know, it's not that. Right. And, and so that's not an excuse. Right. That's not the out to say, well, now, see, I don't have to pray. Because right. I, right. And there's nothing I can do. You know, no, I mean, I mean, that 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 sanctification, that holiness, that maturity is still a part of who we are. Um, you know, this is what Paul's talking about a lot in his letters. Um, let me let me let me jump in and draw a line real quick. So I think, though, that what you said, Everett, comes from the discipline, the idea and the knowledge that you can do nothing more and nothing less to change God's love for you comes from the formation, the liturgy, resting on a daily basis. I think that maturity of knowledge comes from the process, if you will. Does that make sense? That's what I you're circling around. I didn't really didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to say that real quick because I feel I struggle. I sat sat during my centering prayer time yesterday, <laughs> and literally sat and just repeated to myself, "Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay." And that's what I had to do. And I had to sit and remind myself that I am loved, and that I can do no more or no less to deflect that love. And that is, I mean, if nothing else, if nothing else, um, crossing that starting line of that marathon, if you could understand that piece, stop there, (laughs) not stop there, but be okay with that. If you understand there's nothing you can do to deflect God's love for you right now, who you are, no, no different, that would be I don't like to say the word win, but that would be enough. 
right? But you, for me, I can never stop there, right? Knowing that I am loved then in turn uh, gives me uh, the motivation to turn and show that to others, right? Um, so that repetition actually builds that maturity of recognizing I am loved and can do no more, no less. So uh, sorry, man, I didn't mean to jump in on you there. Did you have more to say? No, no, no. That's, okay. that's, that's perfect. Desmond Tutu in his book, uh, No Future Without Forgiveness, he's, he kind of describes his spiritual routine. Mm. And he wrote, um, and this is the morning of April 27th, 1994, when the first time non-whites were given the right to vote in South Africa. And he says, as always, I had got up early for a quiet time before my morning walk and then morning prayers in the Eucharist. And so basically doing that routine every morning, exercise, morning prayer, the Eucharist and quiet time were like just as important as eating breakfast or you know, brushing his teeth. So I just, I think that's a, a pretty good um, example of someone who made those commitments and, and stuck with it. And then the world could see the, um, the fruit of that yeah, right. kind of life. Right. I, I think there is a mentality too, um, which is very Western um, that in, Everett, you were tiptoeing around or walking on this. Um, and the idea that we sit down every day <clears throat> and we want to see 4th of July fireworks. We want to get up and we want to be energized because the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, lit a bonfire in us and we're ready to face the day. And it does not happen that way. More times than not during my centering prayer, I am trying to deflect what I have to do for the day or for the week. <laughs> Just to spend a little bit of time in quiet <laughs> yeah, during I, my time and my mind just, you know, and so, but <laughs> if we get up and we don't see, you know, the fireworks, then we think it's all for naught. Right. And, uh, and father uh, Keating, who I did uh, open mind, open heart when I was mm -hmm. beginning centering prayer, he said, he said, it's okay. Um, and, and my, uh, interpretation for that is what do I really think I can do with that 20, 30 minutes more than God can do with it? And I know that's very, uh, Baptist of me, <laughs> but it's, but that helps me. <laughs> I say Baptist because well, I'm And I want to say that I, like, I, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in agreement with Tom in which I think that like, for instance, praying the daily office is an important connecting point to like centering prayer or um because it provides us with the language and the formation um uh, brian zahn uses the image of a trellis it's the thing that holds mm. that up so that you know our our centering prayer or or our personal devotions right it doesn't have to be you know it could be whatever it is doesn't become too inwardly focused. So I, I think those traditions are 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 really good. Um, I, I I'm not sure how this applies, but 
But there was this funny thing. Reese Witherspoon posts this thing about her daily habits that she's working on. And she yeah. says, well, I'm going to start the day with a big glass of water, get 10 minutes of outdoor light, spend 30 to 60 minutes reading without distraction, in by bed at 10 p.m., no late t- night TV binges, get eight hours of sleep. Good good, good things. And Ina Garten, who's on uh, the Food Network, responds. She goes, well, I'm not going to do any of those. Here's mine. Drink more large Cosmos. Stay up late watching addictive streaming series. Stay in bed in the morning playing Sudoku instead of a good book. And spend more time with the people that you love. <laughs> and and there's part of me that's like, you know, you know, I, I, I probably am more like Ina Garden than I am Reese Witherspoon. Right. Right. I um I will say this just because um I know that you all are very uh pro daily office. Don't know why I said it like that, but it doesn't work for me. Um I, I do like your trellis um comment and that makes sense, but I am seasonal in my daily office. Um and, and um it's just personality. Uh, there's a lot of personality for it in me um, and how it works. But during Lent, during Advent, different places, I will use daily office, but that's not always. Um, so I personally, from my experiences, I have to dabble in different places. And that happens over time. I do different things and, and um, that's what works for me. Uh, but it's just a, a personality thing. So um, not that everyone has to sit down and pray the daily office. Great if you do. I think it is very important. I respect you too, and I. If you're saying it, then I I agree with it. But uh, just to give a little bit of a uh, you know, leave a crack in the door doesn't always work for people. <laughs> Somewhat. And, and yeah, and I want to say that I think that it's important to say, right? I mean, this is this is this can be the downside of it. Is is now somebody hears much like when I hear Reese Witherspoon, right, right, saying you know get eight hours of sleep and all this the, oh well that's the way that it has to be um shut up reese witherspoon <laughs> right shut up tom Tomlin, about your daily office <laughs> hour of... <laughs> justin yo what do you mean by it doesn't work for you oh here we go don't pick on me Uh-oh. we're on we're on public right now um i'm just kidding why don't you love jesus i'm justin? absolutely kidding um <laughs> So you know, I, honestly, I have not, um, I have not experienced that in some time, um, but there is just something to where uh, it reminds me of that whole vain repetition thing, to where I'm just sitting down and checking the box. I am not involved in it, um, uh, if that makes sense, right? It's just, it's like I'm, I'm literally, it's like I'm going to do forty days of daily office, and then by, by you know, day, <laughs> let's not lie, three. I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> oh, let's let's read the short psalm or <laughs> the short reading. <laughs> so it's a it's it's just a mental thing. Um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, and I know you guys on here have said, uh, you know, even though you don't get everything out of it, you, you know, you can still do it. But there you go. That's my answer. Well, I'm only pressing you on this because you always tell us we're supposed to argue. Oh yeah, no, it's good. Make it it's good. So are, <laughs> when you say it sounds like you're saying you're not always emotionally engaged with it, it's hard to describe um, what it is. And I do it, and I do love it um, at, at times, you know, um, but not always, no. And uh, so 
I try and well, find I try and find um you know along with help from my spiritual director um places that after, you know, talking through different things and having discussions uh, time and time again, what he feels would benefit me most. Um, And so the quiet, slowed down pace, not achieving um, is very important for me. And so centering prayer offers that for me. Um, along with, with other things. Um, and so that, that's just where I ended up at this time. Well, I'm not arguing with you now. I'm just saying this to the listener. Son of a, Oh, just kidding. My, my mother, whoever is listening, you know, hi mom. I, I go to the gym every weekday cause I live about a block away from it. <laughs> and it's just a little commitment I made. And even like today, I I got up a little late and I had to be here at seven. So I just went for 15 minutes and I did try to do one thing well. So even if I can't make it for like a full time, I just go. And 60% of the time I do not want to do it. And I'm only half-heartedly engaged most of the time I'm there. But I still think it, it benefits um, because doing something is better than doing nothing. And uh, I'm not saying that to you, Justin, that you should do this even if you don't feel like it because mm-hmm. you're doing other stuff. But I'm just saying um, the only way we know if it worked mm. is when we're 90 years old. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> and we've done right. it for 50 years. Uh, that's kind of the... Uh, that's kind of the thing with it. Um, I know what you mean, but that's not true. Um, I know your point, but that's not true. And it's also, and I don't disagree with your point. Keep doing it because I keep doing it with what I'm doing. And I'm not trying to deflect or be defensive. Um, but I I know you guys are, um, and I mean, you're both priests and you are full into daily office. And I, I back that to the core. Um, and, and I, and I disagree. It does not pay off at 90. There's, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, and, and even in this conversation, you're like, well, maybe I should try it again. I'll, maybe I'll give that a try. Um, and so, but no, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I can, uh, I, I do appreciate that. And maybe it's time to give it another try. Uh, but for as ever alluded to for shame and guilt reasons, be kind to yourself. That's right. And find Find something that works for you because the daily office can be read uh, alone, listened to, participated in a community. And that's the that's the big one if you can do that. Um, right. And there's many ways of just doing that, not just sitting down. It's like sitting down and opening up and starting reading and freaking judges or something. I don't even know. And like, right. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that. How many times can you think how many times in your life have you two opened page one of the Bible up and started reading it to read all the way through. This jumps back to the beginning of the call I was going to ask, but seriously, how many times you'd be like, I'm going to read the Bible through. (laughs) And here comes Leviticus done, (laughs) (laughs) done. (laughs) And so, um, I mean, and I think skim the genealogy. (laughs) Rahab, what's he doing there? But it's like, but the idea, 
I think, is that we draw upon the wisdom of others because that 90-year-old can say, you know, looking back, here is where I saw the way. This is where I saw. And I think that is very beneficial, asking others, trying different things, whatever it is, and then just picking something that, and you stick with it for ever or a while, whatever it may be. So, all right, final statements. I also, it yeah, also go. gets stale for me, and when that happens, I switch to another. Like right now, I'm using the Church of England's mm. um, kind of daily daily office from the common worship stuff, mm. and I find that that helps me a lot. Um, changing it up, it's still so, yeah with the tradition. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and there's that. That knowledge would not have come out otherwise unless you shared it, Tom. So the idea that because for um, some people, you have to get the Book of Common Prayer, you have to open it up, sit down somewhere and do it yourself. There are many ways. It's on YouTube, podcast, there you can do it. So maybe we could put some of those ways up with this post or something like that. Um, Everett, final thoughts? Yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> so this is what that's a, a a Grammy or something. <laughs> I like the Tom goes. You said we said we should argue more. <laughs> that's what makes these interesting, right? Uh, for the record, I told the guys we need, it's okay to disagree on things. <laughs> okay, so um, so how do you feel about your Titans, Everett? Uh, as a, uh, as a long suffering fan, I've, I've learned not to get my hopes up. Uh, all right. Some of us aren't, you know, weren't, you know, Patriots fans. They got drubbed. They, <laughs> they got drubbed. Oh man. Yeah. That's funny. All right. We'll, we'll know the outcome when this episode comes out. So we'll be right. weeks away from the Super Bowl. and TD who watches zero football. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I always watch football if somebody invites me for free food. And beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. That was, that was a good episode. That was fun. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.